0: <laughs> I think my mic is on. Can you hear me okay? This yeah. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, thank you for this opportunity. The unique experience we've had here with St. Matthews and the Wilton Presbyterian Church. We literally share common and holy ground. This is such an unusual relationship that I believe this one we should continually foster. Now, with so that we're sure that we're living more in the that we're called to by Jesus Christ. So, thank you for the invitation. Thank you to Marissa, Nancy, thank you to Andrew, and Sam, the staff of the church, uh, the Episcopal Church, has been so welcoming of me. I just started on uh, Labor Day weekend, actually, so I haven't been in here. Too long, I'm still learning. I said some on the way, and I've been here such little time that I'm not even sure how to just remove this Presbyterian and remove some disciples. So, you see, we all look the same somehow, but we walk through these doors, And so, let us be together as the body of Christ. Would you please pray? Evergreen, God, we are grateful that you have created us anew this day. You have breathed us into being and led us into this place. So that we may gather as a body of Christ, so that we may worship you with one another. So here are voices raised and praised so that voices heard and voices and <laughs> words spoken would offer us opportunities to recognize your presence among us. All this us again to be your disciples, allowing us to be ourselves as your children. We pray all these things in your many ways Amen. Enjoy. So my guess is when you came to church for the first time, perhaps you were a child and you were dragged in kicking and screaming, maybe that even happened today, your spouse yes. or a parent who dragged you along. Or perhaps the first time that you came on your own, you were seeking something, maybe some way to be uplifted or an opportunity to find out that there's something bigger than yourself. My guess is you didn't come to hear the scripture passages you heard this morning. These are difficult passages, right? We hear these and they fall on our ears in ways that seem to intrude on our lives. We didn't come to hear how terrible we are, how damned we are, how things can fall apart so quickly we want to come to church so that we leave. Hopeful, so that we leave feeling better than when we show up. I still think we can do that, even with these passages, maybe especially because of these passages. But we start in this whole uh, passage from Isaiah, and we hear about this vendor that has fallen apart. Somehow it is being destroyed, and in this destruction, we hear that though this vineyard was tended, even though it was cared for, even though it was pruned and harvested, still this vineyard was destroyed. And Isaiah tells us that this vineyard is Israel. This vineyard is us. As if that wasn't depressing enough, we move on and we go to the song and we hear about how the walls of this vineyard were torn apart. And a war comes in and destroys everything ourselves or find ourselves in Hebrews. And this particular passage, finally we hear something about God's faithful people, but then we hear, oh well, there's lots. they're in They're imprisoned. They're even killed. Okay, but we as Christians, as good people of faith, can always depend on God. I encourage you as you read your own Bible, as you go over your own life, use that same wisdom. You will not say if you read scripture and you walk away from that scripture with any message of love, you misread it. Read it again. And if you still don't come up with love, then go back and read before that and read after that because the message of Scripture is the message of our faith is that God so loved the world and God showed up. And that is always the message that we should get when we read Scripture. Even the complicated stories about incest. Even the complicated stories about how women were not treated fairly. Even the complicated stories about how people were marginalized. Even those stories. There should be a way that we work ourselves back to love. He says, this is so important. Because if we don't find hope in our passages, then things will start to happen that we didn't intend. I've noticed this over the years in serving churches and working in ministry. I find that when we read scripture passages and we don't read it through the lens of hope, then it's really easy just to chop the whole thing out of the window. To get so overwhelmed by the difficult parts of Scripture that we just let it go. This can't be applicable to me.
1: When we dismiss
0: this wisdom and we miss an opportunity to understand what God is doing in our lives. We can also make the of only looking at it as a historic document. That happened so long ago. Things were different. Slavery was understood differently then. Race was understood differently then. We begin to say, "Oh, well, this was just history," rather than knowing how these stories exist even now, and how imperative it is for us to find hope within them today. Hmm. I also think that we can become self-righteous. How easy is it for us to read this gospel passage from today and say, like, "Well, I'm not that way. I'm not the one creating this discord." I'm not the one in my family who is standing on the wrong side and drawing lines in the sand. I am not the person dividing me. Because when we start to do that, when we start to be that way, we immediately become self-righteous. and we look upon the other as just that, that person is wrong. That person is damned. That person is hated by God. That person is not part of the faith story. If we make ourselves look upon Scripture with hope, each and every story will come. And so when we look at this Scripture passage today, we want to our gospel. We hear at first that it seems like Jesus has come to, to, to divide us in bad ways. But what Jesus is saying in this particular passage, I have up to show you better ways. You are dividing yourselves. I have come to make peace. I came to shake things up because you're not paying attention. You're treating each other poorly. You are being self-righteous. have an opportunity to lessen our ambitions, to find the common ground, to look beyond the comforts that we would think are going to somehow make us better and somehow set us apart from another, and instead look upon each other person in the world as a faithful creation of God and look upon them as an opportunity to understand God more fully. This is the message Jesus in this gospel. Then we must look beyond our divisions. Yes, let us be shaken so that we are not complacent. But when we are shaken in that way, then let us move forward toward repeating that is hopefulness. Because then I look at that passage and I am no longer afraid. But it's not to recognize that all. I need to do is to hope, and to love, and to look upon my neighbor as self. And when that happens, these divisions that Jesus is talking about go away, and we will find our way to this peacefulness that we expected Jesus to fix for us.
1: In this particular
0: Hebrews passage I love. The exegesis that Mersa did last week. She pointed out that the Hebrews are tired. That this sermon was going to prop them up. The sermon was to give them hope. If you didn't hear the sermon from last week, then you know, go take a listen online. Thank you very much for listening. We don't want to work. In this particular story, we hear how things could fall apart. But did you notice how this particular passage started? Why would we find ourselves in this place in Hebrews? Because the passage begins not with some magnificent father, not with some self-righteous priest. The passage begins with people surrounding a wall of Jericho and prove their common efforts making a difference. It involves not simply Moses parting the Red Sea, but people, you and me, having enough faith to take that first step to cross over into that which God has promised for us. Right at the beginning of this particular passage in Hebrew, we recognize that we are part of this story. And when we start there, the hopefulness is already begun. Because even the more challenging parts of this story, we, we recognize including us. The very next person that is mentioned, again, in all this part, not someone who is wonderfully well-respected, but a prostitute. A prostitute is listed among the saints that are, that are showing up in this story as examples of how we are to live with a sheep, all of the strangers, sheep, hospitality to those who otherwise would have been lost or given. What a fantastic image for us. Right at the beginning we recognize that these opportunities for us to grow as people of faith, as communities of faith are right there. And so we find ourselves in the more complicated parts of the story. We recognize that if we can simply understand our own Blessedness as individuals, and then carry that blessedness into communities like this. That we can surround walls and watch them fall. That we can walk across dry land in the middle of a water wall and do so bravely. That we can be these people that God has called us to be. And be that boldly. I would applaud the lectionary writers actually for giving all of these difficult passages one right after another. Because it forces us to look at them differently. You notice what we do when we get to the end of these passages, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That is only is such an important part of our liturgy and our worship. Because it is at once the statement. Faith, follow God, a commitment, a commission to go do. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. We are explaining that we understand that God is a part of the story, even in its difficulty. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. And we believe that this is the good news, that this is the goodness of God, that we worship. God who is bigger than our own flaws and our responsibility is to go and find the holes even where it seems there is none and to love even when that seems impossible in this is powerful good news, in stories that at first seem impossible to reconcile live that way. There are days where I am so overwhelmed by the realities of my students, or the impossibility of being a minister when the church is not the most pleasant or popular place to be. And still, I lean on these words that somehow, in the midst of all, God is with us passage from Hebrews ends this way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us bond with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him and toward the cross, disregarding his shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. We find our way to that openness over and over again, that even the cross can be a symbol of hope. So my friends, as you be this place today, I pray that you will so with hope. That you will do so ready to share the love of Jesus Christ. That you will do so recognizing that even there are parts of your life that are challenging beyond that which you feel you can sustain. That Christ, the author and perfecter, pioneer of your faith, is you. Amen.